Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 501. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of Spurs Cast. This is a mega Spurs Cast uh, prepping for the NBA draft on Thursday. In this episode, I'm going to have several guests um, joining me. It's one of our, our my, my me being the host, it's my biggest panel I've ever had. I have a Benjamin Bors, Bornstein, our draft guy over at Project Spurs, um, on the panel. I have uh, one of our other Project Spurs writers um, who's also plugged into the college game, John Diaz. And then I have one of our former Project Spurs writers who now writes over at 48 Minutes of Hell, Trevor Zickraff, join me in this episode. Now, before I get into the episode, um, which, may, which is mainly focused on the draft, we talk a little bit about Kawhi Leonard and um, Rudy Gay and, and Danny Green as well. Uh, but before I get into that episode, I do want to uh, alert the the listeners of you know when podcasts come out, they you know so, some news has already gone by. So when you receive this, you you may say, "Oh, that's old news. Why are y'all just talking about this now?" You may be thinking that. So I do want to give give um specific timestamps um, on the time that I'm recording this. Now, when we had our draft conversation, that was at nine o'clock p.m. on on Tuesday this week. So it was around nine to, to close to like 10. We finished. It took us a, you know, a good chunk of time there. Now in that episode, that's kind of, I want to tell you again, that was at nine o'clock on Tuesday evening that we recorded there. And we, 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 we basically went through the prospects in two different scenarios. We went through like 18th and 49th, which is what the picks the Spurs will have. But because of all this Kawhi controversy and the fact that he could, he might be not fact, but the rumor that he might get traded, uh, in the next 48 hours as the draft approaches. We also um, went through some picks in the event that the Spurs did get some sort of lottery pick, like in the 2 through 5 range, maybe in the later area, like the 10 to 12 or 13 range. So so we, we, we do cover a lot of ground in this episode with all sorts of um, draft picks just because we don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. Now, I did want to address this. You know, we do touch on Kawhi in the beginning of the, of the conversation with the, with the four riders, all four of us. However, uh, there's been more news basically right after we got done recording this episode. Uh, this is Tuesday, pretty late here in San Antonio, around 10.30 p.m. Um, it, 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 the, the Kawhi buzz started going crazy. We're getting all sorts of conflicting reports. First, uh, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski put out a report that Pop, Coach Pop was flying over to San Diego to meet with Kawhi. But then Sham Sharani of Yahoo.com countered them by saying that Pop and Kawhi have already met on Tuesday. They met uh, from there. Jabbar Young of the Express News came out and said that uh, that it was a good meeting that they're hoping to talk in the future. In Ramona and Woj's piece, they they put some new uh, information out there. They basically said that uh, in their reporting that sources have told them that the Spurs are finally uh, willing to start um, you know listening to offers. They're just telling teams you know start sending us some packages. We're not we're not going to start. You know, they're not necessarily um, entertaining those those offers, but they have told teams, you know, you can slowly start sending us some trade packages in the event that he is going to, if he, if he does get moved. Um, 
in that report. They also, uh, uh, you know, they painted Kawhi more so as, as the bad guy in this situation. They basically wrote that uh, that they've heard that, that he didn't want to meet with Pop face-to-face. I know that was a lot of controversy after the Kawhi rumor came out that, that he hasn't met with Pop. Um, you know, in Sham Sarania's uh, report he from Yahoo, he put that uh, the meeting was um, confidential, uh, and he, he had another word in there. Um, and then also Jeff McDonald, the Express News, basically said that Pop was flying to San Diego to, to, to basically see where do they stand, the Spurs and, and Kawhi, as uh, the draft approaches on Thursday uh, June 21st. So again, as you're listening to the Spurs cast, know that, you know, this, I'm giving, I'm presenting the information that I'm aware of at 11 o'clock on Tuesday evening. So, so know that this is kind of, you know, if you're, if you're listening, something has happened, whether Kawhi got traded or maybe more productive um, outcome where maybe him and Pop are back on the same page and maybe the Spurs are leaning toward giving him the Supermax. If that happens in these next few hours before the Spurs cast goes live to you all that are listening, uh, just know that, you know, this is why I'm addressing these kind of things now before the episode starts. So, uh, Regard, you know, going now into the draft, uh, please enjoy my conversation with Ben, John, and Trevor. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 501. This is a very special episode. It's a mega draft podcast where we're going to have um, uh, two of our Project Spurs writers and then also one of our former Project Spurs writers uh, on this episode. So let's go to introduce the, the panel to, to uh, the listeners. Uh, first off, um, our, our draft guy, Benjamin Bornstein. At the at the underscore Boonstein from Atlanta, Georgia, he's here for this episode. Then our other Project Spurs writer who, who helped out with our, our recent draft guide that went out, John Diaz. You can follow him on Twitter, at by John Diaz. And then um, John's from Houston, Texas, should I say. He's living there right now. So Ben's in Atlanta when we're recording this. John's in Houston. And then one of our former Project Spurs writers who also uh, writes for 40 Minutes of Hell, uh, Trevor Zickraff, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Trevor Writes. He's coming in from Sa- uh, Sacramento, California. So we have all sorts of time zones going on. I do want to put a timestamp on this episode to let the listeners know that uh, we're recording this at 9 p.m. Central Time, uh, Texas, on Thursday night because, you know, last time, last week when Aaron and I recorded Aaron Prine, everything changed the next day because of the whole Kawhi Leonard situation um, ca- came out. All right, guys, welcome to this episode. Let's go ahead and get started here. Um, I know we have we have a bunch of you guys in, in here, so I don't want to make all the voices go over the place. So let's go ahead and get start, straight to our first topic, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we learned on Friday last week that Leonard has requested a trade. Um, you know, he actually requested it through the media. The Spurs have said they, they weren't directly told this on their end. Uh, Kawhi has not talked to them uh, personally, you know, told, told them face-to-face that he wants out. Um, so Pop and Kawhi still haven't sat down. Right now, a lot of reports just basically say, seem like the Spurs aren't going to make um, a quick move here. They may just uh, keep him past the draft and even into free agency. Uh, other teams have requested to speak with Kawhi's agents. So far, they have not been granted that that request. The Spurs are not t- entertaining these calls, apparently, according to multiple reporters. Um, so let's go ahead and start here with uh, Trevor. Trevor, what's your what was your t- your um, your thoughts on this Kawhi news that came out and where they're at right now, now that it's kind of uh, calmed down a little bit. When I initially saw it, I was pretty surprised because, it, you know, initially it was just Kawhi Leonard once out of San Antonio. I was like, oh, man, the talk didn't go well, whatever. And then the more you hear about it, it just sounds like it really is his camp uh, trying to um, jump ahead of things. I can't remember who floated the idea originally, but the notion that, they want they want to stop any, any meeting from happening, and they just want it to be you know don't don't let Kawhi and Pop get in a room because if that happens they're going to hash things out, and we don't want Kawhi here. I, I'm if we're going conspiracy theory route, that's the conspiracy theory I'm buying the most right now. Um, but you know like 
it's been a few days now. I've kind of come to terms with the fact that he probably isn't going to be a spur by what mid July at the latest. Um, and, uh, you know, chaos is where I thrive, uh, this time of year. So I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready. To, I've the, the trade machine's been going. I sent you guys a couple of wacky ideas earlier. Like I'm just ready to get into it now. <laughs> John, what do you have to add there? I, I went through every single range of emotion within an hour from, you know, Oh God, like the meeting didn't go well, like Trevor said, and Oh, well, get them the hell out of here. I, you know, went through the whole, like the, the typical fan stuff. And then it, it kind of just settled to a point where it was like, okay, wait a minute. This went out to every single media member, apparently that Kawhi wants out. So, and then, you know, Woj starts backpedaling and saying, well, Hey, the camps does seem interested in a max contract and yada, yada, yada. And I, I just got to the point where everything is just numbing. Like, there's nothing new. We have no idea what the hell's going on. And we just have to let it play out. I, I don't think Kawhi is going anywhere until he's actually physically gone. Until I see my phone go off with a Twitter alert that hopefully, if it's going to happen, it happens soon. But I, I've just gotten to the point where I don't think he's going anywhere until he's actually physically gone out of San Antonio. Ben, do you have anything to add there? Um, yes. Yeah. I have many things to add here, <laughs> mostly because I believe all of this is a very large trap, and it has Admiral Akbar rolling around in his grave. Um, but also, that's Star Wars reference for all of you fellow nerds out there. Welcome to the show, um, <laughs> all, all three of you. Um, but I, um, like, 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 like Trevor and John were saying, it's. You know, they were there's some backpedaling going on. It's Kawhi's camp. Kawhi hasn't said anything. Uh, we had a mysterious social media post from Kawhi Leonard with his logo in black and white. So that means either everything or nothing or both. Brooklyn. It means Brooklyn. No. <laughs> if he somehow ends up in Brooklyn, good riddance, he deserves to go there. If you if you tell someone, hey, I want to get traded, and you allow yourself to get traded to Brooklyn, you deserve each other. Um but I don't know. I just think I, I, I like the, the the things, the trades that, that have been floated around about the Lakers and stuff. I don't see the Spurs taking anything that has to do with Lonzo. There's just no way they want that whole media circus coming into this town. This town being San Antonio, where I currently do not live. Um, so I just I don't know. I find it hard to believe. I think there's a lot of smoke going on. And I would agree that if. Kawhi and Pop get in a room together, just the two of them. Um, we're, there's going to be sweet music made, and they're going to, you know, kind of make up. And frankly, it is damn near impossible to turn down the kind of mega max that Kawhi Leonard could catch with the Spurs compared to the money he would make with any other team. One, because the Spurs can offer an extra year and more money, and two, Texas does not have state income taxes, while California has mega state income taxes. So not only would he be making more money pre-taxes, but post-taxes as well. I mean, it's it just seems like a no-brainer. Like, why would you not take the deal? Or why would you not at least work towards getting the max? Yeah, and that's something that we got to obviously watch now. They have until October 16th, basically, is for the last day that Kawhi can sign that Supermax if it is offered. Um, there's a bunch of teams already, you know, have interest in him, according to different reports. Um, Vegas is being really weird right now. Uh, yesterday, which was uh, which was Tuesday, 
actually Monday, should I say Monday evening? Um, for some reason, the Suns became the favorite on one of the, the gambling online websites. Uh, both Phoenix uh, radio guy and their um, their beat writer both said that you know the, the Suns are not trading the number one pick for Kawhi, but you know it's just something to watch out there. There's up to nine teams that have interest right now. Um, so yeah, so we'll continue to monitor That's the situation. It? Yeah, just so far nine. Uh, but, but apparently, if, according to different reporters, Woj, Mark Stein, Zach Lowe, the, the Spurs are not entertaining any calls right now. Yeah. So. I, I don't think he's going to get dealt by the draft as of right now that, that we're recording this, but who knows? Things could change in the next 48 hours uh, before Thursday's draft. Um, some other news, ju- just uh, some other minor news. Uh, Rudy Gay did, uh, he's going to decide to decline his player option. Um, that came out also this week. And uh, Joffrey Laverne's also leaning toward declining his player option. So that's kind of just what's going on with the Spurs. But I do want to focus more so on the draft. That's why I have all these guys on the Spurs cast for this episode 501. Uh, so guys, now that we've discussed the, the latest on Kawhi, let's go to begin um, with, with the draft. You know, it's coming up on Thursday. The Spurs right now, they do have the 18th pick in the first round, the 49th pick of the second round, barring any trade. Because like we said, this could be this is all up in the air right now, especially with this Kawhi news that a trade could easily happen in these next two days or on draft night. OK, so 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 Spurs cast listeners, what I asked the guys to do uh, beforehand was kind of just pretend they were the GM of the Spurs. And I, I wanted them to look at three realistic targets, you know, ranking them from first, second, third. Who would they take? Uh, since um, let's go ahead and have John go ahead. John, go ahead and give us your, 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 your three targets and we can kind of talk about them and then we'll let the other guys take from there. So ideally, he's been, you know, picked by the Spurs in every it seems like every mock draft. Troy Brown out of Oregon would be my number one. Uh, secondly, I would look at Chandler Hutchinson out of Boise State. And I, I love looking at like the guys that, that were West Coast prospects, kind of like how Bruno Passos from Pounding the Rock wrote that. It seems the Spurs look out west with Kawhi Leonard, Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Kyle Anderson. They all came from West Coast teams or West, you know, region. And anyway, especially since they were rumored after Kyle Kuzma last year too. And third, I picked uh, Kyrie Thomas, the guard out of Creighton. Okay, uh, so this is interesting because. You know, Troy Brown has definitely been on the on the, the mock drafts a lot for the Spurs' pick. Um, as far as Ch- Chandler Hutchinson and Kyrie Thomas, I mean, first let's talk about Troy Brown, guys. Who wants to take it from here? You know, who wants to elaborate a little bit more on him? You guys are, are the draft guys. That's why I brought you on the Spurs cast. But anybody want to take um, you know, it's kind of what, what what he would bring at that 18th spot. I'll go first. Um, I so big Arizona fan, basketball fan. So I I did watch a decent amount of Pac-12 basketball this year and. The thing about now, I've, I've gone back and, and looked at Brown a little bit more, um, but the thing that stood out to me about him as such a high prospect is he wasn't super impressive at Oregon last year, but you can definitely see he's he says that Andre Iguodala is one of his, uh, like one of the guys he looks up to. Um, he said in a Hoops Hype interview, if he had a really big role with the team, he would compare it to Ben Simmons, which is ambitious because he's like not nearly as physically gifted as Ben Simmons. But like that's what you're looking at here. Like you're looking at like, point forward type of guy um apparently he's working he's been working on his shot all spring and summer um so if they can refine his shot then he becomes um pretty dangerous i don't think he's the most athletic guy i don't remember him being the most athletic guy at oregon and i feel like that's what i've seen in the uh in um all the different scouting reports but intriguing guy for sure just because it does seem like he he cares about defense and he can move the ball around which um depending on what lineup the Spurs have their you know, ball movement is key. And, and man, they, they need some perimeter defense. I, I mean, their defense is really good, but I just feel like individually um, they're getting to a point where they're going to start need to reload their, uh, their defensive wings. 
Okay, and you know Brown has actually fallen a bit. I'm using Draft Express's late, latest mock draft that they put up on on uh, what is this Tuesday that we're recording this. Uh, they had he fell down to 21 right now. Um, now Chandler Hutchinson, um, he, he's actually fallen a bit as well. Uh, he's right now he's projected to go 29th um, to the Nets. Uh, John, do you want to talk about Hutchinson? What he would bring to the Spurs? Yeah, you know, he he. I hate saying it, but he reminds me a little bit of Kyle Anderson. It's just a little more athletic. Uh, he can switch on defense and defend, you know, more than one position at a time. So, or not at a time, but more than one position period. Uh, he's really good around the rim. He, I think it was like 70 something percent around the rim uh, on attempts last year. He, just, you know, he needs to improve his shot. And he's not the most gifted, gifted athlete and not the best shooter, but he seems like a type of three and D guy that the Spurs can develop. And, you know, the whole, What's kind of worrisome about him is that he declined, you know, working out for teams ahead of time. But it seems like the reason was that he was promised to be drafted in the first round. And they were pointing at Chicago at 22 overall to be the team that wants to pick him. But that doesn't mean the Spurs can't swoop in ahead of time and just stash him in Austin and try to develop him from there. Uh, the, The downside, he's 22. So he's a little bit older than some of the guys that are already available. So you kind of look at his development in terms of, well, how much more can he go? But Derek White's 23, Jerron Blossom games 23. It does, age doesn't matter when it comes to playing inside the San Antonio system. As long as he can get the opportunity to develop in Austin and as long as he has the time and the patience and that desire to, to, to develop, I, I think he'll be a good draft pick. You know, it, it just depends on who's, who's available at that spot. If you see other teams reaching, maybe the Spurs kind of go a little more methodical and take a safer pick. That, that's interesting. I will, also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, I will also say this. I think Hutchinson is a better shooter than you give him credit for. The last two seasons, he's shot better than 35% from three, and he's upped his he's upped his attempts both years. This past year, he was attempting four about four a game, and he was making 36%. And overall, he's a 47.5% shooter. So I, I don't I don't think he's a bad shooter by any means. Yes, he can always use some work, but. I, I, like like you were saying, he is he is a multi-positional defender, which is great, and I think that's the way the game is moving these days. So you have to have you have to have guys who can defend multiple positions, who can play multiple positions on both ends of the court. And I think Chandler Hutchinson fits that profile. The the I would say the bigger issue is mostly a lot of, a lot of these guys who come out of college, regardless of what year they are or where they're coming from, they all have to put on weight. Because for whatever reason, as soon as you get to the NBA, that's when you get swole. <laughs> um, so the other guy you mentioned, John, your third guy was Kyrie Thomas. Now, according to Draft Express's latest mock, this would seem sort of, more so of a reach. He's, he's projected to go 36 in the second round right now to the Knicks. Um, shooting guard out of Creighton. Um, ben, you wrote a profile on him. What, can, what would he bring to the Spurs? Another guy who is uh, not, not positionless but can play multiple positions. Uh, really fun to watch. Uh, pretty solid shooter, from what I understand. Um, and he's he's a guy who can, he does a kind of a little bit of everything. He, he shot better than forty percent this year from three. Good at the free throw line. Uh, solid defender. I would say he's he, he's adequate at the very least. Um, and he he for a guy his size you want him to get to the free throw line more but I I think that can be fixed and I think it kind of depends on uh, the the style that the Spurs decide to play with whomever they draft and 
couple that with whatever trades or new personnel they may have going into the season. So I think that might be a moot point, but he's a, he, he's going to have to progress a bit as a ball handler since he's probably going to play a lot at the one at the NBA level because he played mostly combo for Creighton during his three years. So I would say that that would be a point of emphasis he has to work on. Okay, Trevor, let's go to go to, to your three picks. Where, where would you, um, if realistic targets at 18 for the Spurs? Um, I agree with John that I love Kyrie Thomas's game. He reminds me of somewhere between and in the mold of Patrick Beverly or Gary Harris. Like those are the two guys that that I see the most when I watch him. And I definitely have gone on some YouTube deep dives on him. Um, but yeah, he definitely needs to be better at getting to the rack. Not a bad passer uh, off the balance, a good shooter. Um, but yeah, it just looks, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a point now where whether they have Kawhi or not, like if you watch the way Boston played during the playoffs, like you can be a less talented team, but if you can hit threes and just defend the crap out of, out of things, then you're, you're always going to be in it. And I think, you know, again, Kawhi or not, the Spurs are going to have, you know, him and Aldridge or just Aldridge and whatever they replace Kawhi with. Um, and that's always going to give you a chance. Like, I mean, look at this year. They were always like, even they were always in, in games. Like you could argue that should have been like a 53 win team. Cause they just blew some, some late games. Cause they didn't knock down a few shots. And so, um, you know, I think the thing about remember, keeping in mind about these prospects is their roles, especially once you get out of the lottery, their roles are actually likely to decrease. Their responsibilities are likely to decrease in the draft. So they can just focus on, on one or two things to, to get really good at, then that's all you need from role players. And I think, you know, at this point, like they're definitely drafting a role player. Maybe it ends up being like a Danny Green type role player where he's like a super role player, but that's what we're looking at. So I love Kyrie Thomas. Um, again, I ride for Raleigh. I ride for all Arizona, not all Arizona guys, lots of Trish trash, uh, but uh, Raleigh, Raleigh Alkins. I love that dude. Like he is, he's a monster, super athlete. Um, I think he can defend, you know, he can defend one through four, definitely defend one through three, maybe defend one through four, like, because he's a really strong dude, maybe a little undersized to defend fours, but, I mean, if Marcus Smart can do it, then Raleigh Hawkins can do it, because I think that guy is a pit bull. Needs a little bit of work on the on the shot, but not anything that the Spurs can't help him develop. Um, and then the third guy is, um, it's also Chandler. Hutchinson, and I think because after seeing Rudy Gay opt out, and then I'm sure Danny Green's opting out, I, I think Green's more likely to come back than Gay. But they're starting to get really thin uh, in the uh, on the wing guys. Like, and I mean like guys who get to put threes and fours, not uh, not twos and threes. So I like I like Kyrie because I think if you put uh, Kyrie, Dejounte, and uh, and Kawhi on that same wing rotation, like you're really guys are not going to score on you. Um, but I do acknowledge the fact that they need some guys who are more small forward, power forwardy. Um, and but unfortunately, I think most of those guys that are in, are are a, a tier above. Like those are the guys that are going to be gone by 13 or 14. Okay, uh, Ben, go ahead and give us your three that you would take. Uh, I think Troy Brown is a consensus pick here. I really like him. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ a little bit here. I really like Amari Spellman. Uh, yeah, he only played one season at Villanova, but dude did just about everything for them. He did all the little dirty plays that people don't like don't like to do, and I appreciate that about him. 
Um, I, I think 18 might be a little high for him, so that's that would kind of be my only concern. And I really like Jerome Robinson as well, 6'5 shooting guard out of Boston College. His name has been popping up a lot more in recent weeks, and he's been impressing a lot of people, and he is a very good shooter. So I and, – and shooting makes up for a multitude of sins, as they say. Okay, uh, yeah. Ben, yes. ben, you would know better than me. Is he too similar to Derek White, or am I just – is that a lazy comp? Um, I don't know if it's a lazy comp. I would – and to be honest with you, I, I watched a lot of ACC basketball, but not a lot of Boston College because they were terrible. Right. Um, but from what I've read, I, I don't know. I, I think he's he's a little on the – I mean, Derek White's also on the thin side right now too. But uh, you might be right in that he, he's a little too similar to Derek White to take right now just because that would, that would give us – that would give the Spurs too many two men and not really a lot of – positional flexibility mm-hmm. so, so ben that's interesting because you know right now draft express's mocks they have a uh, robinson going 13 to the clippers right now so that's he's actually he, he's uh, yeah you're right his, his stock has jumped uh, pretty pretty well now spellman that's the highest i've seen him yeah yeah that's as of today um that you and i recorded this on tuesday or all three of us recording this show say anyway um also spellman you know i think that would be somebody they might get at the 59th and second round because right now they haven't projected <clears> to go 45th i think you're right that that might be more of a reach I, um, and I, I've seen him all over the board. People have very different opinions on him. That's the thing. It's like everyone's boards, like 20 through 50. Yeah. Like those guys seem like they're so interchangeable. And, it is a um, total crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, and Paul, going back to Draft Express, if Robert Williams is actually there at 18, That's I, don't what I, was about to ask you I don't know how you can pass up on Robert Williams. I, like, agreed. I just don't. John, where are you on Robert Williams as well? You know, if he's because right now, you know, the last Draft Express mock had him 18th. He slipped a little bit. Because uh, let's see who here. Who, the, who it's more the Clippers who are kind of making this this issue with the 12th and 13th that they're projecting. Uh, they have let's see, Clippers taking uh, uh, Trey Young. 13th is Jerome Robinson. 14 Miles Bridges to Denver. 15th Lonnie Walker to Washington. 16 Aaron Holiday to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then 17 Zaire Smith has also jumped up pretty well. 17 to the Bucks. Now, John, are you with, uh, in agreement with Trevor and um, and Ben that if Robert Williams is there at 18, you got to take him? I mean, sure, if you know, if none of these wings are available, then yeah, I would go ahead and go with a big because you don't know what the status is with Davis Bertans. And if you're going to try to like flip Pau Gasol to get some cast space, you know, granted, you're going to try to attach 18 with it. But I, I love his game. I love his athleticism and I love how just strong he is defensively. Granted, you're not going to get a lot of offense out of him, but you know, it's going to take a while for him to improve. And he's just extremely fluid for a guy that's six foot 10. So. Yeah, I would go ahead and take him at 18. I don't think he's much of a reach at all. Granted, no, no matter how much of a crapshoot it is between 15 and 45, I mean, you, you can go find any draft board and find any of these guys anywhere. But Robert Williams is a, definitely a solid pick at 18. Here's I don't, I don't think I've seen anyone, any mock draft, have him that low. So I, I would, I would base purely on everything I've seen and watching him being an SEC guy. Um, that that seems I, like just as like everyone was saying, if he falls to 18, I think that's kind of a no brainer because that would be that would be a slip for him. OK, let's 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 look at a few more guys before we move on from the 18th pick. Um, another guy who's kind of been mentioned in the in, in that draft range, uh, 18th is a uh, Kevin Herter. Anyone want to take, you know, how you would feel if they got him? 
Trevor I wouldn't, or, or I, I ben. wouldn't run through a wall for him. <laughs> <laughs> put it I'll put so. it that way, I guess. I mean, he's a really good shooter. Dude can dude can come off screens and shoot. He can he's gone out and gotten his own shot. He's got range. I'm I'm really not sure what he's got after that is the thing. I don't I'm not sure I'd trust him defensively quite yet. So but if if he shoots well enough, I mean, again, shooting sins something about making up for them. So and and he's tall and kind of long. So he could possibly play two to three positions. What about a uh, Zaire Smith? Anyone want to take him if they do draft him at 18? I I just don't think Zaire Smith's going to be there. I think someone in the lottery is going to fall in love with him. Like maybe the Clippers take him with that second pick, like or with that that thirteenth pick. Like I just I don't think he's going to be there. If he's there, I, I'm all for it because I just I, I, this is just a this is just a, a personal thing. I'm just tired of shooting projects. Like they said, Kyle Anderson was a shooting project, and like his shot has gotten better. But maybe Kyle Anderson's problem is he's just an unwilling outside shooter. Um, I'm trying to think who will. I mean, I just like I just want a guy who's got a little bit more of a ready-made shot, and it also worries me a little bit that Zaire Smith played power forward and was is six foot four. Um, but um, you know, he's 18, so it's not like I think these are all fixable problems. And for what it's worth, that Texas Tech team was very bizarre. They had they had yep. a bunch of dudes who were six four and six five yep. that were basically all interchangeable. Yep. Let's one last guy before we move on from 18th. Um, you know, this is actually more of I think a fan favorite uh, is is Dante Divincenzo. How how would we feel if, if they if they took him at 18? Kind of that's kind of more of a reach. I, back I'm back with Benjamin on that one. Like it's uh is it Benjamin or is it Ben? What do you care? Do you care? I um I, really it's Benjamin if you're mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you yet. We've just started. Uh, <laughs> There's plenty of time. Yeah. No, I'm with Ben as far as like um. I think back with the they don't give you he doesn't give you with how he said Robinson doesn't give you a ton of positional versatility. I'm the same way with Divincenzo. It's like great another another shooting guard that can play a little bit of the one. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, one guy I do like that I forgot to mention was I like Josh Okogie. Um I think that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a really nice guy who can play the two and the three. And um, I I tweeted that he's uh, like he reminds me of. Physically, from a from a talent standpoint, he reminds me of young J.R. Smith. Um, but then everyone, of course, took that to be like, I like guys who are shirtless or something like that. <laughs> or who are on the Henny. Right, right. So was there was there anyone else in the 18th guys that y'all wanted to talk about? Or if not, we can move on to the to one of the other players. I, mean, next, um, I, it, I think it's it's a bit of a it might be a bit of a reach, but I think an, an intriguing name is Mitchell Robinson, uh, 7-1 center, super athletic, really long, did not play college ball because th- there was a whole weird circumstance around him where he was, he was at Western Kentucky, he wasn't at Western Kentucky, practiced with Western Kentucky, didn't practice with Western Kentucky, and so he ended up saying, ah, screw it, I'm not going to do school, I'm just going to practice the whole year and get better. So we don't really know what he looks like, but he was a freak in high school, and he might be kind of a you know, kind of a freaky athlete that the Spurs might take a chance on. So I, I just think he's he's kind of like a shot in the dark kind of prospect. Okay, so Spurs cast listeners, there you go. For you know, if if the Spurs do keep that 18th pick, those are kind of some of the the prospects that that the guys here have have put together as far as as the targets that they would look at, and then also you know in the realistic range. Um, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we're going to be right back. 
This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 501. I am joined by Project Spurs' John Diaz, Project Spurs' uh, Benjamin Bornstein, and 48 Minutes, 48 minutes of Hell's uh, Trevor Zickraff. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and continue into our, with our show, our draft, uh, you know, our, our prospect show here, our, our mega podcast for the draft episode. Our, our third topic I want to go through is, now, the Spurs have been rumored, they, they've been part of a bunch of different rumors, especially with Kawhi Leonard asking for this trade. So now let's go to the what if Kawhi gets dealt kind of question um, and prospects in those ranges. These are we're talking about lottery picks here. Um, you know, I, I'm just basically going to ask each of you one by one. Let's just say now that the Spurs do make some sort of deal with the Kings because they have been, you know, the Kings have been rumored out there uh, in terms of interest in Kawhi Leonard. Let's just say they were to deal Kawhi and they ended up getting a, the number two pick. John, who would you have at number two if, if the Spurs had that? Let's just say Aiton goes first. Look, I know, I know you want to hear Don Chich and everything, but <laughs> you, you, you know me. I subscribe to the Milwaukee Bucks draft strategy of give me the highest ceiling, give me the the guy that looks like he could have been in Space Jam. I want, Mo, I want Mo Bamba. I want you know someone that's got nearly an eight foot wingspan. He can basically dunk the ball just standing. He's on Instagram shooting three pointers. He's Steph Curry. I, I want that guy because Lord knows he's already got the defense down. Granted, his offense has a lot of questions, but I want that just absolute monster freak athlete that can develop into just another alien, you know, literally just an alien. I think we just became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ben, who do you want if, if the Spurs got number two, if they got the second pick? Um, uh, it's so tough because Luka Doncic is really great. But I am hearing – I was hearing that Atlanta is going all in on Doncic, and frankly, I wouldn't be upset if they got him. So this, that means the Spurs would have to take someone else at two because this is a total dream scenario, right? Um, but I would go with Jaron Jackson. I believe he's another super high-ceiling guy. He didn't shoot threes a whole lot, but he was fairly efficient when he did. Um, that's another guy who's a freak athlete. Huge hands, long arms, can – jump out of the building and has the makings of a of a spaced out four or five kind of guy uh trevor who who would you take if you had sacramento second pick i it's it's for me it's don for me he's just he's incredible (laughs) and i just uh i i you watch him and it's just like shades of ginobili except ginobili wasn't doing that stuff at, at 18 and 19 um but having said that i am certainly not going to uh not going to dump on Bamba or Jaron Jackson because I like both those guys. I don't really get the Bamba hate that's going around uh, amongst uh, draft Twitter, but they are a uh, they're a salty bunch. 
They yeah. are a salty bunch, sir. Uh, during the combine, he was getting a lot of good, uh, you know, um, as far as like positivity online on, on the yeah. Twitter realm because you know they were saying stuff like he was doing these 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 drills where he was like fasting Russell Westbrook in some of them, and you know everybody was was oh, like really yeah. high on him. But then you know lately now that you know that now that we're actually getting closer, people are, are falling. You know, it seems uh, I mean draft Twitter is not very happy. You know, his stock is falling a little bit. Now let's go ahead and uh, discuss what would you do at, at number four pick? Um, let's say that they do make, you know, Memphis is out there rumored to want to, to, to want to get rid of Chandler Parsons' contract. And Trevor, you, you even sent us like a trade suggestion where the, where, where the Grizzlies can end up. I mean, the Clippers end up with Kawhi in a three-team trade. Uh, you know, again, that's just speculation. We're just making these kind of trades up. But, you know, Memphis is out there reportedly wanting to get rid of that four pick uh, to move Parsons' contract. So uh, I guess – if anyone had, would you guys want the same three players, or is there, or is there any, anyone different at number four for you? John, John, go ahead. I, I know for four, it would have been Jaron Jackson Jr. Like you know, I, I love his game, and he's, he's another one of those freak athletes. I know he doesn't have like, the outrageous wingspan compared to his height. His wingspan's only seven feet, but man, I. I He's really impressive, and I love that he's coming from Tom Izzo, so he's got a good coaching background with him and everything. So I, I think those three guys, like two, three, and four, would be Bamba, Doncic, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay, uh, Ben or Trevor, do you guys have anyone different at number four if they, they got the Grizzlies pick? No, I think I think Triple J should still be available at four, and especially if you get Chandler Parsons in return, I think you need a big man. Okay, Trevor? Uh, yeah, I'm in that same same realm. I think you know, um, I guess if the if the Kings do the Bagley thing, which uh, it's really hard to figure out what they're doing. I mean, this I think, you know, everyone on the ground here in Sacramento is pretty confused, and I don't, I really <laughs> haven't gotten any any indication that any of the national media is uh, any more clued in. I know they like they like Bagley a lot, and I just, I, you know, I don't. I'm not sold. I think he's, I mean, like, look, like, he could be like Amari, and that's awesome if you like Amari, but I watched Amari not get past um, less talented, less physically talented players his entire career, um, and that's kind of what I feel like Bagley's going to be. Um, so, yeah, no, it's 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 Dantich, Jackson, Bamba for me, and if any, if they got, if they ended up getting the fourth pick, I would be happy with any of those, um, and... Yeah, and I think if Atlanta passes on Doncic, if he's there, I, I think that's a big mistake too, because he could just really, um, he could really unlock a lot of stuff for the rest of their young talent. If Doncic makes it past three, then I would say the Spurs should get him at four, even over Jaron Jackson, even with getting Chandler Parsons. I say you try and flip him, but I also don't think the Spurs are going to be dumb enough to take on Chandler Parsons' contract because yeah. that dude doesn't stay healthy. So that's there's kind of a lot of stipulations for me. Wait. Stand, stand by for the trade that I sent you guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't he, think, he had him. I don't yeah, think... he, he had him go somewhere <laughs> else. His, yeah, uh, I, I, I was, I was happy to reroute him uh, elsewhere. And <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd like it in San Antonio. It's too, uh, it's too, it's too mellow, too mellow for handsome Chandler Parsons. Uh, all right, so here was the, uh, here was the, it was a three-teamer, uh, Spurs, Grizzlies, Clippers. The Spurs would get Tobias Harris and the fourth pick overall. Uh, the Grizzlies would get Danilo Gallinari, Patrick Beverly, picks 12 and 13. Um, and then the Clippers would get Chandler Parsons and Kawhi Leonard. So 
the Clippers are basically taking in almost identical salary and getting Kawhi Leonard in the process. Now they're losing picks 12 and 13. So maybe someone throws in a future first protected first rounder or something like that. But if, more importantly, if you're the Spurs, you're getting Tobias Harris and his one year left on his contract mm-hmm. and the fourth pick, which is any of this, you know, whoever we just talked about. Yeah. So no, I no, do no. like Tobias Harris. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll continue to monitor that, uh, especially, you know, especially if, if the teams do start engaging the Spurs in, in those trade talks for one of those top five picks. Uh, guys, another another team that's kind of interested in Kawhi, if he gets put on the market in these next two days, is a Philly at number ten. What would you do if if you're the Spurs GM and, and you got the number ten pick from Philly? Uh, let's go ahead and start with Ben. Sorry. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, the number ten pick from Philly. I really do like Kevin Knox. He's it's it's a bit much to say he's Kevin Durantian, but he's you know he has kind of the physical attributes that people associate. With Kevin Durant, please don't take my words out of context. Um, he, I think he would be a guy who can play multiple positions on offense, maybe less so on defense. He can probably play two positions on D, but maybe three or possibly four positions on offense. So I think at 10, Kevin Knox would be phenomenal. John, who do you have at number 10 if the Spurs were to get that pick? I don't want to step on Trevor's toes and let him pick, because we already know who he wants. Uh, I I really like Lonnie Walker. I I love his game. I don't know what it is. I I love his scoring ability. I think he might be a little bit of a reach at ten. Yes. And depending on <laughs> depending on if his back issues and everything falls through, Michael Porter Jr. at ten. But I I seriously doubt teams are dumb enough to let him fall that far. But I I would probably go Lonnie Walker if not Kevin Knox. You know why Lonnie Walker has injury issues? Because he's got all that weight on his head with that pineapple sitting on it. <laughs> um, Trevor, who would you have? With Google, Lonnie, Google Lonnie Walker if you're confused. Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry. That. Yeah. That makes that was absolutely no nonsense. If you have no idea who Lonnie Walker is. Um. I. If, if you follow me on Twitter, not. Two days goes by where I don't tweet about Miles Bridges. I'm all in on Miles Bridges. Okay. Um, I am also all in on Macal Bridges. I would go Miles. That's how I rank my Bridges is Miles, Macal, uh, Jeff, uh, Lloyd, <laughs> Bo. Those. That is my nice. Bridges power ranking. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just think I I I like what Miles brings to the table. I mean, you know, um, he if you. The past few years, the Spurs have been linked when they were talking when they were kicking the tires on the Aldridge stuff last year. Josh Jackson's name got brought up. Obviously, last year Aldridge did not have the cachet that he would have this summer if he got put on the block. But the Spurs were hot on Josh Jackson, uh, according to a, a few different uh, national types. And then they've been like the last two years. They've uh, Stanley Johnson has been a guy that they've been linked to mm-hmm. that they would be interested in trading for. And I feel like Miles Bridges is. Right in that same mold, he can play three or four on offense. He can defend two through three, or I'm sorry, two through four. Um, so Kawhi or not, that just kind of feels like a guy that they've been trying to get for a while, and I think he'd be a perfect fit um, uh, in the Spurs system. And then Mikel uh, uh, Bridges is just—he's probably more guarding. Uh, ben, what would you say? He's more—he's more just like a guards twos and threes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and but I mean, he's knockdown shooter like. 
if you're building a team around LaMarcus and DeJounte at this point, if Kawhi is not going to be around, uh, which in this scenario, Kawhi is not, not around, um, then, yeah, like you want guys who are going to be able to space the floor and uh, and play a couple different positions at least. Um, so, yes, either of the Bridges brothers I am in on. Okay, so, so again, those are those are a few trades in the event that Kawhi did get moved. Now, uh, let's go into, to one more team that's kind of in the Spurs in, in that interest area regarding Kawhi, and that's the Clippers. Uh, they have the number 12 and 13th back-to-back. John, if you, if, you were the Cl- if you got the Clippers picks 12 and 13 and you're the Spurs GM, are there two players in there that, that would be on your mind at that position? Trevor, Trevor nailed them to Bridges. That, oh, that's it right there. Okay. They're not, they're, yeah, they're not brothers or anything, obviously, but, you know, I, I love Miles especially. I love his scoring ability too. But, yeah, Trevor nailed it on the head. But that's 12 and 13. Take both of them. The hell with it. Okay. Uh, ben, who would you have at 12 and 13? I, I love Mikhail Bridges, but I don't think he lasts that long. But I would take Miles Bridges for sure. And if they get – this is where things get weird. Because um, the two – the a couple of the guys slated there are all point guards or shooting guards, which the Spurs don't really need. Like, Shy Gilgis Alexander is slated for 12, and a lot of people like him going in the lottery now. He's a big, tall, tall guard. Uh, he's an okay shooter, can get to the rack pretty well, though. Um, I-, I would say if he hasn't gone already, I would take Miles Bridges and Robert Williams. Okay. If if Robert Williams has not been taken at that point. Okay, Williams isn't a, a name that we've mentioned here um, in this discussion. Ben, can you give us a little bit of background on him, what he brings to the Spurs? Robert Williams of Texas A&M fame is uh, – about six nine, six ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, we, we yeah, discussed I was gonna him. Say, we, we yeah, discussed we talked, him a little bit, but you know, I mean, if, if you want some specifics, I can hook you up. But <laughs> never mind, my bad. Know, yeah. It's I'm all like, good. This is like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like exactly where I don't watch college. That's why I brought you three on. You guys know every. I'm just you know, trying to figure this out. All right, uh, let's go through Trevor. If you had a twelve and thirteen, who would you take? So. Uh, yeah, if there's a bridges there, obviously I'm taking the bridges. Um, and I'm looking at. Um, you know, I know he went higher. Um, I was going to say, if Wendell Carter drops, uh, I don't think he would drop that low, but Wendell Carter, center from Duke, um, slower Al Horford is probably a good comparison for him. Um, man, Jurassic Express has got him going six to Orlando. That's yeah. that's crazy. But anyways, if Wendell Carter dropped, that would be all about uh, Wendell Carter. I've uh, heard the Bulls like him a lot, too. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, if you just like look, it's like it's almost like like one guy's gonna get pushed a little down, a little bit farther than they should. I don't think Trey Young is getting gonna go that far low, but um, I yeah, a lot a, of people who have the magic taking Trey Young for what that's yeah. worth. I would go um, whichever Bridges is there, and probably of all the realistic options, I would probably go Lonnie Walker. Um, if Kevin Knox is there, I would go Kevin Knox, but I don't think Kevin. Knox, I think Kevin Knox is gonna go in the top 10. Uh, but yes, let's, let's say whichever bridges is there and Lonnie Walker. Okay. So, so there are some prospects first cast listeners in the event that, um, San Antonio did make some sort of trade with Kawhi, whether that was to Sacramento, Memphis, uh, Philly or Los Angeles. We've gone through some scenarios cause we covered a lot of ground there just because we don't know what's going to happen these next 48 hours when the, as the draft approaches. Okay, guys, let's go into, let's go into our last topic. And that's, um, the second round, you know, the Spurs do have the 49th pick, um, in that area. Um, uh, I kind of let you guys know ahead of time. Um, kind of just let me know who, who you would pick if you were if you were the GM and you had the 49th pick. And also, I asked you a secondary question, which was, is there a player in the second round right now that you think um, what actually has a chance to crack into rotation next year? You know, as, as I mentioned in our in our in our um, in our kind of our agenda, 
The Spurs really haven't had a second rounder who's come in and, and really had an impact ever since like Dewan Blair and Nando Decovo a few years ago. So um, let's go ahead and begin with John. Who would you take at 49th? And then even if it's not that pick at 49th, is there a player in the second round you think would have an, an impact next year? Uh, I, I have two. I've got Desi Rodriguez, who worked out for the Spurs. Uh, he's mm. six out of Seton Hall. I, I, yeah. I like him. He's a decent shooter, and he's athletic. And he's he's a lefty, so he kind of like, you know, the lazy cop would be Monte Ginobili, obviously. But it, I like his game. He's real crafty. And then just because I saw him towards U of H a couple times, uh, Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati would be another one that maybe at 49 would be available. He's not much of a three-point threat, but he's – decent enough where he could develop he'd be another shooting project for the spurs and i i don't know who the hell would crack the rotation uh, okay. san antonio does a great job of maximizing their assets and what i mean by that is you saw jerron blossom game get drafted in the second round last year and then get stashed in austin and the spurs used their two-way contracts on someone that was on the on the fringe nba roster and someone who went undrafted so i feel like the spurs would probably go that route again with hey we can take a second rounder and keep his rights for God knows how long until he gets sick of us and wants to go to Europe and make millions and, you know, maximize the two-way spots to someone that can contribute here and there and play in Austin. So I don't think any of these second rounders could crack it unless I hate saying his name, but Grayson Allen, maybe he's there at 49. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. The man everyone loves to hate. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he could actually end up on the Warriors. There's a good chance that happens. Uh, Don't say no, that, dude. No. no. For, for, <laughs> why would you speak that into existence? He's he's, uh, he's right now. He's projected on Draft Express to go 25th to the Lakers. Actually, that's it. Oh, yeah, he oh, can work over there. Uh, that's perfect. <laughs> he's definitely a 25 to 30 range, though. Imagine him and Draymond Green on the same team. <laughs> oh, that could end poorly. <laughs> anyway, you got one uh, guy tripping people, and then another guy trying to <laughs> trying to kick him below the waist. Incredible. Uh, ben, let's get. Uh, let, let us know who you have at forty-nine. <laughs> Don't forget Zaza too. Oh, yeah, Zaza. Oh, because... Good lord! Oh, so much tripping. See what you did, Paul. Oh, you done did it, son. Um, uh, at forty-nine, I really like Chimezi Metu out of USC. Six ten, two twenty, kind of a power forward center guy. Maybe a little undersized to play center, but he's superbly athletic. Kind of, he's a freak athlete in that regard. Gets up. Gets up over the rim. Uh, really exciting to watch. As far as a guy who might be able to crack the rotation in the second round, again, that's a toughie. But okay. I, I really feel like a, oh, like a Kata Bates Diop might be good. And I, I know he's people have some people have him in the first round, mm -hmm. some people have him in the second round. So I'm really I'm really not sure where. That might come in, but I think another guy like Melvin Frazier out of Tulane might be an option. And again, he's a guy who could just as easily go in the first round as he does the second. So I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, Trevor, who would you have at 49th? Uh, I mentioned Raleigh Elkins, who's 44 to the Wizards right now on ESPN. So again, he could go. That's, that's all over the place. Um, but I also really like uh, Sleeper. Kevin Hervey, who's a small forward slash power forward out of Texas Arlington, uh, scores in bunches, um, you know, probably needs to be taught how to play defense, but like, like the physical skills are there. Um, one of the reasons he's fallen so far is because he's definitely had ACL injuries to both legs, but Dwan Blair didn't have ACLs, so and the Spurs made that work. Which, by the way, let's consider this real quick. Anyone who questions the Spurs' development developmental system, 
they made Dewan Blair a productive NBA player and got Dewan Blair a second contract in this league, and that is just that cannot be understated. But is he uh, the greatest player to never ha- to play in the NBA without both ACLs? Wow. I mean, we, I mean, yeah, could have been Havlicek. Havlicek could have been could have not had ACLs. We don't know. We don't know which guys didn't have ACLs. Uh, <laughs> But another guy um, I'm interest, I'm intrigued by, and he's listed as a small forward on ESPN, but I think he's more just going to be a small ball center, is uh, is Giannis' brother. I like Kostas Antetokounmpo, guys. Okay. I don't, oh, I don't think he's in the whole thing. I don't, I don't think he's an immediate impact guy, but, you know, I'm sure John would love uh, writing about him for the, uh, for the Austin. <laughs> oh, boy. Low blow. Yeah. All right, uh, guys, was there anything else you wanted to touch on regarding the draft? You know, this is more like open discussion. It's just going to be, once you get out of the lottery, it's going to be absolute mayhem because there's going to be, like, you know, we've said it before, like there's guys who are going to be projected to go 15 that they're going to drop to 45 and whatever else. So just sit back and enjoy it. It's going to be dumb and insane, and there's going to be anarchy. I'm here for all of it. (laughs) John? I'm I'm excited and I'm also dreading the worst possible outcome. That that's the extent of it. Is that is that Grayson Allen? Is that the worst possible? <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. I have a question for you guys. Is there any trade that involving picks this year that you like better than? a Boston package that's surrounds that's centered around Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and I, that Kings pick for next year or the Grizzlies pick that they have, which is like top eight protected. Like, or, like does Boston still have the, the most appealing stuff to you guys? Let's assume Tatum's not available, yeah. but anyone else is. So, well, I'll take this one just cause I, you know, I really, I haven't really given my input, but you know, you guys know that I'm all about Doncic. So I think that for, for me, you know, if I, if I was if I had the option of getting Sacramento's pick, I would take the number two over anything that Boston gives me, just because I'd get the, I'd get Doncic. I want to rebuild around him. Um, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at. You guys can take it from here. Uh, John, go ahead. You offer me Jalen Brown, and I am going to die on that hill and be his biggest supporter. He he had a feature. I can't remember where it was, but he had a feature just talking about everything that wasn't related to basketball. And you pair that just intellectual ability with his game and with Rozier. And I don't care if that Memphis pick, I think it's unprotected in 2020. I don't care how long. Yeah. I don't care how long that thing rolls over. Give me Jalen Brown and scary Terry for Kawhi and we'll call it a day. Okay. Ben. Yeah, I, I would agree. There's, there's not really any current, deals that excite me especially the lakers deal i want no part of that deal i don't care i don't care if you throw the buses in there both literal (laughs) and the people okay you're you're not going to satisfy me with lonzo ball and whoever you decide to throw in there because nobody wants to deal with the human okay he is a subhuman parasite that leeches the life from whatever franchise his sons will play for. And the man is convinced that all three of his sons will play for the Lakers. And he clearly has no clue that the middle son is not making it to the league. 
That's worst case scenario. The Spurs drafting Leangelo Ball. <laughs> oh my! Well, there we go. Mm. Give me Grayson Allen. No, dude, get the hell with D- Jello. Get him the hell away from my team. <laughs> I um, I will say I really like uh, Brandon Ingram, but they just don't have enough extra. They just don't have enough other stuff for me to like any Lakers package. Yeah, I, I don't think that that would happen either. And, and like I wrote um, over on Product Spurs, if they did do anything with the Lakers, it would be post trade deadline. I mean, post July first, because then you could avoid getting Lou Deng's contract, any kind of deal. Um, yeah, you yeah, definitely yeah, don't no, want no Lou Deng's contract. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one. Um, you know, one more question. I mean, uh, something else was, uh, were any of you guys shocked by Rudy Gay's decision? Did you think that this had to deal with Kawhi's situation coming out? Because like, I was actually convinced Rudy was opting in, him and Danny, on Thursday before Kawhi made this news on Friday. But after that, uh, you know, that's, <clears> it kind of ha- has it up. I, you know, I wasn't too surprised after that. Uh, John? No, no, absolutely not. Um, I, I feel like players have learned to maximize their future earnings over current earnings. And the security that Rudy could get, you know, if, if he signs for a mid-level elsewhere for two seasons, or, you know, with, with a guaranteed, like, third year, he'll rather take the $16 million over the next couple of years instead of just $8 million next season and risk getting injured and then getting, you know, a crap contract after that. So I, I fully expect Danny to opt out too. And granted, that doesn't help the Spurs cap situation unless, you know, they move Kawhi into a team that can absorb that contract. But we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not surprised by them opting out whatsoever, though. I mean, uh, Rudy Gay could still end up coming back anyway, and yeah, they could true. sign him to another deal, yeah. a, a different deal. So, I mean, that's a possibility as well. I thought I thought in the, in the games he did play, he looked good. And I, I think if he continues to stay healthy, he would be great for the Spurs. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you like you said, it's these players are getting much smarter about their contracts, especially with the way the CBA is uh, is made these days. They, you know, they stand to make a lot more money if they opt out of these kinds of contracts and look elsewhere. And uh, Ben, do you think Danny's coming back? I mean, opting in, or, or you think he's an opt out? I have no idea on Danny Green. Um, I imagine he has to go somewhere where his snakes feel comfortable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny's got those pet snakes, you know. Um, Trevor, did you have anything else to add on, on, on Rudy Gay or, or Danny? Uh, I, yeah, I guess I, I was – originally I was surprised by Rudy, and then I thought about it. Like, first of all, like, you know, keep in mind it was to get out of Sacramento. But the guy left, what, 14 yeah. or 15 14. million bucks on the table to opt out of Sacramento – uh, and yeah, I'm sure he does think that, um, I'm sure his agent has told him after talking to people around the league, like, Hey, you can get, you can get another one of these two year deals if you just opt out now. Whereas next year, if he, if he, you know, ha- I think if he, if he's fully healthy next year and he has the same kind of productivity as he did this year, like, I don't I mean, I don't know. You're probably, his value probably drops a little bit. And so. Um, so it makes sense. I don't know about Danny. I, I, I think I think he's going to be back. I just don't know if it's going to be on a new deal or if he's just going to opt in one more year and and because the market is better next year. Yeah, and he had some he had some interesting comments. He was on an ESPN radio show recently in town, <clears throat> and uh, he basically said he, he's basically been looking at the market how he knows that next summer is more the, the ideal time to to, to become yeah. a free agent. Okay, guys, thanks again for joining me for this episode 501. Uh, Spurs Cast listeners on Twitter, follow them. At uh, by John Diaz at the underscore Boomstein and at Trevor Wrights. 
uh, you know, follow, follow John and, and Ben's work over on ProjectSpurs.com. Uh, they worked really hard on, on our Project Spurs draft guide that just came out. Uh, for Project Spurs members, it's free right now. If you go up, uh, on the website and find it, you can download it. Uh, if, if, you don't, if you're not a Project Spurs member, it, it only costs $5. To, uh, check it out. They spent a lot of time working on that. And then, Trevor, how can they um, get access to y'all's uh, 48 Minutes of Hell's? Um, y'all have the email letter going around, right? Yeah, so if um... – it's through Tiny Letter, and so if you search 48 Minutes of Hell Tiny Letter, it'll pull up our, our letter archive, and then you could subscribe through there. Um, we're we're kind of like – we're slowly but surely getting back into it. Um, we kind of didn't know what we wanted to do with the direction of the site a few years ago when we kind of just stopped creating content. Um, so this is kind of our way to, to kind of get back into things. Um, so, yeah, just Tiny Letter – uh, just Google tiny letter 48 minutes of hell and you'll find it. I wrote something not too long ago about how uh, DeJounte Murray is kind of becoming, you know, the way he, he has put himself out there uh, on social media and just around the league. You know, he was, he was behind the Cavs bench at, uh, at the finals. Like he's willingly putting himself out there and that's, that's kind of what needs to happen uh, as far as recruiting players goes now in the NBA. And they haven't had that kind of guy for ever. You know, so um, Dejounte Murray, not a superstar yet, but going to be key for the Spurs moving forward as they uh, as they kind of retool their team here. For sure, yes, yeah, so, uh, Spurs. Guys, so make sure that you check out all their content. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned over on Product Spurs for Ben and, and and John, and then also the the, the tiny letter for for Trevor. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, it's going to be an interesting draft just because this this year uh, we've we've gotten reports uh, that that Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania, Yahoo. Uh, they're not going to be breaking news in real time. Apparently, they've come to an agreement with ESPN and the NBA where they're going to hold off breaking tweets, you know, I mean, like picks, should I say, on draft night. So this might actually be a case where we actually f- find out that something happened to trade or someone's getting picked, you know, from Adam Silver, from his actual voice on draft night. So, so it'll be interesting to see to watch the draft this year. It's going to be a little bit more different um, in terms of getting information faster. Uh, so, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, thanks again, guys, for joining me for, for Spurs Cast episode 501. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 501. Um, and thanks again to all the guys that joined me. If you want to follow them on Twitter, uh, Ben's handle is at the underscore Boomstein. John's handle is at by John Diaz. And Trevor's handle is at Trevor Wrights. A few quick reminders. Um, continue to send us questions over on, on the SpursCast, uh, hashtag SpursCast. I didn't take any questions this week just because, uh, you know, it was mo- mostly focused on the draft here and I had uh, a different guest. It was going to be a little bit, as you heard in the episode, we, sometimes we didn't know who exactly who, who was going to go next to, to speak. So uh, when I have one guest at a time again, uh, I'll, I'll start taking SpursCast questions. On Twitter, follow us at Project Spurs, at ATLeague underscore NBA, at the SpursCast, and at Project Spurs Network. Uh, f- uh, visit us at projectspurs.com, analyzingtheleague.com, and projectspurs.net. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, so, again, thank you again for listening to this episode. We'll see what happens in terms of uh, Kawhi's future. You know, what does he su- does he stay with San Antonio? Do talks get more productive? Does he end up, you know, being offered that Supermax? Or do things just continue to become more separate? And, and maybe he gets he gets dealt even before the draft um, on June 21st. So we'll, so we'll see what happens uh, with, with the Kawhi situation. Thanks again for listening to Spurs Cast, episode 500. Sick 
of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.